Welcome everyone to the Spurs Brothers Podcast, where we take a not-so-in-depth look at all things Tottenham. Episode 16, everybody. To dare is to Delhi. Miss you, bud. Miss you already. Oh, it hurts. To dare is to do the Tottenham motto. We might have lost one of our most Tottenham players. Yeah, we're going to get tangied in our Ndombele, I believe. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But we've got an exciting episode, everybody. We're going to kick through quite a bit of transfer news. The January transfer window has come to a close. There was some action. Believe it or not, it took place, majority of which on deadline transfer day. Almost exclusively. Would expect nothing less. We'll look at some team news, both for the women as well for the men. We'll jump into the one game in the FA Cup where we faced Brighton before jumping in the room for improvement and taking a look ahead. So jumping into team news, of course, most of what we've got to talk about was a ridiculously busy end to the January transfer window. There were some youngsters that we ought to cover before we get into the real mess of what happened, but uh, we sent out a few players. Kiana Tete, who we had just gotten back, sent him to a League One club, Cheltenham. Now John, who's a promising youngster, got sent to Charleston Athletic as well in League One. And Jack Clark, who Spurs signed as a winger, hoping he would make an impression on the first team but hasn't, has gone to Sunderland, who are trying to get promoted from League One into the championship. Three youngsters who are doing well for the U23s in three League One teams is kind of exciting. Hopefully they can kick on and then get alone in the championship like Skip did last year. Yeah, get him some minutes. I'm a little bummed that we let go of Dylan Markenday, honestly. Yep. A young prospect that I feel like we could have seen getting some minutes. I know he's scoring goals like crazy at the U23 level, but we'll have to see. I believe all the rest of our business was done on deadline day in typical Daniel Levy fashion. It was kind of ridiculous. We sent out four players on transfer deadline day. Going through those, Brian Hill, our youngster who joined us from Spain, is back to Spain playing for Valencia, who are currently 11th in La Liga. I think they probably need him to add some creativity to that side. Of course, he did really well in La Liga, so that'll be where he is for the remainder of the season. And the next two we are not sure will come back to Tottenham Hotspur, but they are just on loan moves for now. Tangay and Dabale went to Lyon, where we got him from, back in 2019 in the French Ligue 1. And Giovanni Lo Celso was also loaded to a Spanish team, this time via Real, who are sixth place in La Liga. And that bright yellow team also has a few other Spurs. Serge Aurier, of course, left this summer and joined up with Villarreal. Juan Foyth and Etienne Capoue are all at Villarreal, where Lo Celso is headed. Yeah, Capu holding down the midfield there. We'll see. I mean, good for Gio. I hope he does well. I'm going to wish him well. Tangy, man, I miss him. I miss him big time. I think he was honestly the star that we never really gave a chance, and I thought he could dominate the Premier League. I still feel like he had flashes of it, but never really got a consistent enough run to take over the Spurs team, and I feel like we might be worse off for it. But It's hard to say, yeah. hope Brian Heal does, does the nasty, and... uh yeah, all the best to Geo, but yeah, big one. I think that kind of tugs my heartstrings a little bit. Deli Alley uh, sold on a free transfer. It's especially because it is a permanent transfer, not just a loan for the remainder of the season. It's free for now, I think, is some accounting to help out the Everton books, but 
that could turn into as much as 40 million pounds, which is about what you'd want. Of course, he was rumored to go to Real Madrid for like 100 million pounds three years ago. So his value has decreased. It kind of sucks for us that he's gone. I'm going to miss him. But of Everton, for all places to go, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I think it's for the best. I'm going to miss him like crazy. I He's a Spurs player as far as I'm concerned, and I'm going to definitely root for him, maybe even buy myself a nice long-sleeve Everton jersey. But he'll be playing alongside Townie. Andros Townsend still playing over with uh, their new manager, Frank Lampard. I think also basically took charge right around deadline day. Lampard said he wanted to bring Delhi in, and he wanted to bring Donny van de Beek in from Manchester United. So kind of a difference for Everton there. I'm just, yeah, I made me think a lot about Delhi throughout his career. You know, he was unbelievable under Pochettino, one of the most exciting talents in England and not in the world. And then, you know, he had to play a little bit deep lying as we made that Champions League run a little bit out of position. And then Mourinho came and just completely threw Delhi out of the starting lineup, which sucked. And he just never got it back. But I'm still going to remember some of those great moments. The Two goals he scored against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. The ridiculous volley goal against Crystal Palace. I mean, you can't make a much better highlight reel than what Delhi's done. Probably has a record for nutmegs as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to miss him like crazy. There was that dinked goal over Peter Cech against Arsenal. Uh, burned in my memory. I think it's really just those runs in behind, the mm. creativity, the cool head, the confidence, the swagger, the you know, ability to take a little bit of pressure off of our offense and, and our defense at times. I, I love the kid, and he did really did flourish under Pochettino, and I really hope that he can do something similar again and revitalize his career. I think it's probably for the best. Um, absolute man in my heart, and I, I wish him, I wish him all the, all the best, all the success in the world. So good on you, Delhi, and we miss you. I, he definitely shared a heartfelt goodbye to Spurs fans, including a video and a, and a really nice note. And yeah, really pulling for him. Yeah, awesome to see. To dare is to Delhi. Gonna miss him. To dare is to Delhi. I love it. And I know that we had a couple of um, rumor transfers. Frank Kessie may still work out. Uh, remains to be seen. Although he could likely go elsewhere. We did lose Adama Traore. Who went to Barcelona. Which is where Frank Kessie may or may not go this summer. We'll have to wait and see. And then it was Luis Diaz who ended up leaving us at the last minute to Liverpool. Who snuck them away from us. So we'll see if he turns out to be as nasty as he could have been. But... Yeah, we did end up with two signings, a pair from Juventus. Dejan Kulusevski, Kulu as he's known, a young gun that can play kind of in that right wing spot or, or up top, looking forward to building himself a relationship with Harry Kane, as well as Rodrigo Bentacor, or Lolo, a Uruguayan international. Kind of cool seeing a pair coming in from Juventus. We had been linked with Kulusevski for quite a long time, I think, most of the transfer window. It's maybe not exciting that Fabio Paratici, our sporting director, brought in, you know, two players from his former club, and that was the only incomings that he got. But they look like two pretty good incomings. Kulu is coming in. He's just 21 Swedish international on a loan. We might end up paying as much as 35 million for him. 35 million euros, that is, which isn't really a ton of money. And Rodrigo Bentecourt, we got him for about 20 million euros, which given that he's was a stalwart in the Juventus midfield that won three Serie A's, he's kind of an established winner and has tons of Champions League experience as well. That's really a steal. I'm really excited to see what those guys are going to do here. I think that Rodrigo could be nasty. I think he could be real. I know he's defensive minded. He strikes me, at least from the FA Cup match, the few minutes that we saw him as incredibly calm on the ball. And 
might have some really nice little moves to get out of some tight spots and he definitely has like a nice uh urgency to his play and I think he might clean it up and maybe level up the class of our of our Spurs kind of defensive midfield. I'm I'm I might be a big fan of his. He might be one of those guys who isn't such he doesn't show so much of what he does individually, but the fact that he makes it easier easier for everybody else around him, he might very well be one of those players that completely changes the team in a sort of a quiet way. Saw in a rapid fire interview that he does prefer the assist even over a goal for himself, which I think it's telling. I think to, you know, an honest answer to provide the assists as a priority is, is going to be kind of exciting. I'd love to see that. That wasn't the only big change that happened after our two incoming players right on deadline day. There was another big change in sort of the Tottenham lineup, not involving players, but our technical director, Steve Hitchin, who has been with Tottenham for quite a long time as the head scout, and then at times sort of the director of football as well. He was sort of sidelined when Fabio Paratici came in and became the new director of football. And he's now left the club. He waited. It was nice to, that he waited until after the January transfer window was over, but then immediately just kind of turned in his resignation, got out of here. And it doesn't sound like he was very happy about Daniel Levy and, and being at Spurs and seemed like he was just done with it. Uh, switching gears to the Tottenham women, we they did have three games that Spurs women played. That includes a loss, unfortunately, to Leicester City in the FA Women's Cup back in right at the end of January. Angela Addison had a goal that got canceled out late in extra time, so Spurs women got knocked out of the FA Cup. And then Spurs women got knocked out of the Women's Super League Cup in a semifinal that they played against Manchester City, with City just being dominant, winning 3-0 in that game. Sort of a huge bummer to get knocked out of two cup competitions, but back into the Women's Super League, Tottenham got their redemption. Two goals from Kia Simon and four goals in total got Tottenham back uh, ahead of Brighton and Hove Albion on the same day that Spurs men played Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah, the old double adder. And Spurs women are still fourth in the Women's Super League, so they're doing pretty well despite getting knocked out of two cup competitions. Yeah, huge bummer about dropping out of those cups, but um, kind of pulling for them in the WSL. We'll see if they can keep this run going. I think they're yeah sitting fourth, obviously, right now, but... Yeah, an exciting time to be a Spurs fan. Much better than last year. Fun to be able to beat Brighton and Hove Albion twice in the same day. And speaking of another game, it was the men taking on uh, Brighton at home in the FA Cup fourth round. And with a little bit of rest with the January international break, it looked like Antonio Conte had a chance to get everybody together, get them to sort of start right off. And Spurs came out high, pressing Brighton in their own end of the pitch, forcing turnovers. And that's how we got the first goal, Sun winning the ball back, giving it to Hoiberg quickly, who played Kane. Kane had some space from deep and just scored an absolute beauty of a goal. Stunner. Absolute stunner. The curl, the bend, the knowledge and just instinct of where that top bin is is just incredible, man. It's, he's back. He's fucking back. I almost forgot that he could do that, but holy hell, what a great goal. And I think, you know, Spurs kept pressing. And we got our second goal with Emerson Royale streaking down the pitch. I think he completely didn't know what to do with the ball anymore. He didn't have anybody in the box to aim for, but he tried to cross it anyway. And that cross took a crazy deflection that somehow went into the top corner of the net and went down as a selling March own goal. The Brighton defender got unlucky there. But just like that, Spurs had a good start. They looked the better team and we got two goals in the first half hour. It was completely goofy. I mean, I... We've seen Serge Aurier score a similar goal, I think, with a, <laughs> a similar lack of understanding or idea of what to do with the ball at his feet. 
um, which is kind of a bummer, man, because we all know how Serge Aurier worked out. I think, you know, Emerson Royale is a completely different player. However, I feel like he has a very similar lack of threat coming down in that offensive corner. It sucks because you watch it back, man, and Harry Kane is yelling for the ball yep. and is absolutely wide open. And I don't know what Emerson does. He does a nice run, but, like, he just forced it. He just, yeah. like, unnecessarily forced it into pressure end line. It came off for us, but my goodness, I just, how poor that could have looked if it just went out for a goal. I mean, yeah, he would have just crossed it to absolutely nobody. Take a bit of luck. After we went up 2-0, it looked like we were going to sit back a little bit more. Brighton are a good team, and you knew that they would work their chances out and get back into the game. They had a couple chances late in the second half. Hugo Lloris made one of the best saves I think I've ever seen. After Brighton had one chance just inside the box, you could see they were knocking on our door. And then Basuma, their midfield, took a strike from deep, took a huge deflection off of one of our defenders, I forget who, and Hugo Lloris somehow didn't fall over, stuck out a palm, and got that one away. But that was just at the end of the first half. Early in the second half, Basuma would get another chance. This time, it was another deflection that Lloris could do nothing about coming off of Hoiberg's back. And just like that, Brighton were back into the game, and you couldn't say they didn't deserve to be after looking like they were the more dangerous of the two teams. It has to be mentioned how how nasty Basuma did in this game. I thought he played very well in a few different spots, and yeah, it kind of deserved a goal, as probably Brighton deserved a goal as well. Until Sun dribbled about four Brighton players, tried to pass to Harry Kane, slash the ball got knocked into the own goal, and Harry happened to be there to tap it in. It was only three minutes after. Brighton got the got their goal that we made it a two goal lead again. Yeah, kind of a bizarre run from Sonny. I mean, he saw the you know the the space opened up and he saw that he could beat the slower Brighton defenders into that space and he just turned into Gareth Bale and you know flicked on the turbo mode and went for it, which is kind of cool. I feel bad again because Kane was just yelling for this ball and didn't get it from Sonny. I thought he had a couple of chances that slotted over to a, 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 a completely wide open Kane. Sucks, too, because Kane had earlier in this match passed up a shot, which he definitely could have taken, and in hindsight should have, and pass it to Sun, who did absolute nothing with it. And for Sun to not return the favor was kind of a bummer on this one, but still an amazing run, a great effort. And for Kane to you know not put his head down, not put his arms up, but to stay alive and keep the play alive and, yeah, have the effort and wherewithal and instinct jump on and finish that one through. I just, I mean, yeah, what a brace for Harry Kane. Deserve it. Yeah, he looked excellent, actually. You know, not just with the chance that he set up for Sun. He was seemed like he was always in a, available in a good spot. So good for him to get the second goal. He deserved it. Yeah, full investment from him again. I, I really... It's exciting to watch. He's he's back. It feels good. Uh, we did get some more excitement then because our brand new two players ended up coming on as second half subs. Stehan Kulisevsky and Bentakur came on. And Kulisevsky had a couple of chances. He looked a little bit isolated slash a little bit not connected to the team. Just off the pace. I don't know if he's really... Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't have that link up connection with the team. I think we've seen Lucas, honestly son too, but like Lucas took a while to kind of get in the habit of you know where everybody's running what everybody's gonna do and yeah Kulu is definitely off the pace but man it's a couple of flashes of some pretty impressive play from Rodrigo I have to say 
Yeah, Bentecru looked excellent in the middle of midfield. He did get a yellow, which I think we're going to end up seeing, making sure that Basuma, who had scored for Brighton, didn't get another chance at goal. So I guess that's a yellow card that you'll take. And despite looking a little bit off the pace, Kulu had a couple chances that he created. He set up Stephen Bergwijn late on. Oh, sitter. Bergwijn also came on as a sub. And to be honest, looking back at this, it does look like a sitter, and Steve B is definitely leaning back, which is why he blasts it way over the bar. But the ball was kind of bobbling when it came into him, and I don't think he realized. So it takes a bounce yeah. just before it gets to him as part of the reason it goes over. How I would have loved to see Stevie rocket that in. Absolutely would have loved it. And Kane had a chance as well late on. It was a lot tougher than Stevie B's chance, but might have been a hat trick that Kulu set up again. But that wouldn't come in. Going through the lineups, just to look at everybody, Larice, who did have that amazing save in the first half, started in goal. Glad to see him. Regulon, we didn't talk about it all, but I think had a decent game, was our left wing back. The back three was Ben Davis, Kuti Romero, back from injury. Good to have him because he was excellent. Sanchez was at right center back position behind Emerson Royal on the right wing. We had Winks and Hoiberg in the midfield, Sun Kane and Lucas up top. Kulu and Steven Bergwijn came on for Sun, Sun and Lucas to give them a rest. We got to see Joe Roden for the first time in a long time when he came on to rest Romero. Bentaker came on for Winks, and then we got a late appearance from Matt Daugherty as well. But kind of great to see the new guys come in, and also it feels like some new guys coming back with yeah. Sun and I think we needed a, uh, Romero back from injury. I think we needed a shake-up a little bit. It was, yeah, Regulon played well. Davies looks strong. It was a changed team with Sanchez not in that center defensive spot. It just has to be said. Kuti played incredible. He was on the front foot. He was leaping ahead and uh, had some great plays. I mean, arguable man of the match for me. I, th- I think Kane obviously takes the cake, but Kuti played so incredibly well. It's just, you know, the less harm that Sanchez can do, the better. I would argue he does the least harm on the bench. Um, <laughs> that's still up for debate. But, but that, that right center back um, spot, if he's on the field, is definitely where he's going to be the most comfortable. Yeah, absolutely right. Emerson Royal, whatever. Winks, he played pretty good. Hoy Beer, okay. It was kind of exciting to see some of these guys get a run. I think it was smart to rest Cootie and, and have Rodon jump on. But I know that we have already drawn Middlesbrough. Burrow, uh, who beat United on pens, uh, we will see away in the fifth round. It's going to be a battle, an absolute battle, because we know that they can take out some some tough competition. I, I have a good feeling that we don't plan on leaving it till penalties, but let's do some bit work. Let's yeah. get some business done. On one hand, you can be happy. It's let's another, take care of business. It's another championship team. On the other hand, you know they just knocked out Manchester United, so it'll be exciting to see. I despise United, but without further ado, let's jump into the room for improvement. I've got Davidson Sanchez. I just don't think he's very good. Room for improvement. I don't know if he has any, but he's still going inside the room for improvement. It's a very confusing situation for all involved. <laughs> Lucas Mora. I just, maybe just hot and cold here and there, but I think he's got room for improvement. It's not a bad thing. I thought he was maybe lackluster in, in possession and just kind of on his own rhythm. He had an off day. In the FA Cup match, he had an off day. Emerson Royale, just, man, poor decision-making. I love the priority of moving up the pitch and getting forward. It's it's great. I think that he should do it more. I'm hoping that he'll get better as he does it more. I mean, he's still a young player. He's still trying to learn the right wing back role. And he's got lots of energy, so he's pretty horrible in the offensive end. But I'll, I'll give him... He's got time on his side. He's like a mix between Musa Sissoko and Serge Aurier <laughs> in a right wing spot. It's not a great combination. That is unfortunately true. Uh, Matt Doherty, honorable mention. Yeah, just I don't know if he's really 
even enjoying his soccer because it's dreadful at the moment. So time will tell. Keeping outside the room for improvement. Kuti Romero, I thought he just played so good. It was Great so to nice to see back. him back. I'm so happy he's healthy. I think especially once we get Eric Dyer, we are going to be buzzing from the back. I'm very much looking forward to it. Kane, all the commitment in the world. It's, I mean, two goals to his name and the match for me. I'm just so excited to see him back. No room for improvement, Harry Kane. And I'm going to call it the same for Stevie B. I know he missed that sitter, but the kids look so good. I mean, his footwork and his touch and his speed and his strength. Like, how was he able to hold the ball up as like a, almost like a center, def- a center attacker with his back to the goal? It's just, I think he's got a lot in his locker. And I don't know if he has really too much room for improvement, but for that sitter. But I'd like to see more of him. Yeah. Honorable mention for Lolo. I'm, I'm excited to see more of Rodrigo. Looking ahead, we've got a couple games at home, both in the Premier League. we got Southampton on Wednesday, February 9th, and then Wolverhampton, also at home, Sunday, February 13th. And then the easy games run out, and we have to travel to Manchester City on Saturday the 19th. Hopefully we can get a couple wins before then. Yeah, let's kick ourselves up in this table and string a series of wins and maybe even some ties together. But let's throw some points up on the board. I'll look forward to watching those games and chatting about them with you very soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, everybody.